0: And we are going to be in the book of Matthew this morning, the book of Matthew, uh, chapter number nine. Matthew chapter number nine this morning. I feel like what Brother Randy was talking about um, with you know trying to get your A one C under control and tr- is like really it's like the struggle struggles of life. Really, I mean you. You feel like you're doing good and and everything's going well and you that have diabetes and struggle with diabetes know that, know how this is everything's going good and and then you know you pass a baskin robbins or you know uh crispy cream with those hot donuts right off the press I mean you talk about uh Oh, I don't struggle with that. Well, you struggle with something, I promise, and uh, we all do. And I uh, just feel like sometimes that's uh, that's what we that's what we do sometimes is struggle in life. And um, you know, the scripture says that uh, there is a war uh, that goes on uh, within us. It's the spirit against the flesh, and the flesh against the spirit, and they're contrary uh, to one another. And um, it's a constant battle, yeah, whether you. Admit it or not, or whether you like it or not, it's there. And um, you know, I think that there are sometimes. I've, I know I've done this. Maybe you've never done this before, but I, I have. Where um, you know, I'll, I'll say that you know, Satan's Satan's really, really fighting today. And Satan does really fight. But sometimes I think we give Satan too much credit uh, for what he does. And um, sometimes it's just a, a struggle. Uh, with, um, you know, with life, and with flesh, and with the world, and with sin, and, you know, uh, I thought about this as I came to church this morning, and I thought, and I can name you right now, and you know how bad my memory is, but I can name you right now probably 15 people that are sick, um, that, that are not in church, and then I thought to myself, and of course it's going to deluge outside on on Sunday, and um, and I thought to myself, "Boy, this is the first thought that came to mind. Boy, the devil's really working overtime." Uh, let me clear on something: the devil doesn't make it rain. The devil doesn't have any control over whether it rains or not. As far as I know, I mean, as far as I can I, I can tell. And um, people get sick. You know, rotten rotten sinners get sick. Godly people get sick. This. It just it just happens, and it's part of life, and it's part of the part of the struggle. I think that we that we're constantly going through and uh, and changes, and uh, the things that we used to be able to do. Ms. Dawn brought with her uh, this morning a um, uh, an old directory from 1977. Oh my goodness! I just thought you guys looked funny in '04. I mean, 1977. Some of you had hair. (laughs) I'm just telling you. And uh, I said to somebody, I said, I was five in 1977. Five years old. They said, shut up. Uh, that's, That's nothing I forced that wasn't even thought of. So let me tell you. So 1977, and I'm thinking to myself, a lot has changed. Has it not? If you don't think it's changed, go back. Can look at some things from 1977. And I'm here to tell you, life changes. And we change. Even though we're resistant sometimes to change, um, we change. Uh, we can try to slow it down. We can try to curb it. We can try to do everything we can to not let it happen. But it, but it happens. I never thought. Honestly, I, I can remember. I don't remember a whole bunch, but I remember being younger Thinking to myself, 50 life is over. I mean I'm being serious. 50 years, 50 years old? You an old man at 50 years old. Next year, oh no, I'm excuse me. This year, I will be 50 years old. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness. Now listen what I'm thinking now. 50 years old, it's not that old. You ever figured that out? You ever figured out as you get older and as you get as you get older you say, "Oh, 50's not that, you know, 40's not that old, 50's not." Now when you're a teenager, those ages are like, oh, "Man, I, that's way far away." But man, just like that they come. And now that I'm almost 50, and however old you are now that I think about it, There's some things I can't do anymore. There's some things I don't care to do anymore. Listen to me. At 49 years old, I have no interest in bungee jumping. Zero. I've done it, been there. Listen, I'm not going to go find a cliff and jump off of it. I used to love cliff diving. I I did it all the time. I, I absolutely loved it. Not doing it now. I'm not going to go rock climbing. Are you kidding me? Listen, I'm not even going to ride the fair rides anymore. You seen the jokers that put them things together. (laughs) Pass. I'm not going upside down and round and round and in circles and yeah those things I used to love to do. I think I've gotten a little smarter through the years. And and things change through the years, and as things change through the years, this struggle goes on. Here's our problem. Let me tell you what our problem is. We've given up. Well, I can't do this, and so I'm just not going to do anything. Well, I can't be this, so I'm not just not going to be anything. And we end up either either slowing down, and I'm talking about about physically, because sometimes physically we don't have a choice but to slow down, but I'm talking about spiritually in our lives. Because we're so discouraged by what's happened in our physical lives that it hinders us or slows us down in our spiritual life. Let me tell you something. The longer we are saved, the more we should be growing spiritually in our life. I remember when I first got saved. Do you remember when you first got saved? How many people got saved when they were a child? So, praise the Lord. You know, you know what a blessing that is? That is such a blessing. How many of you got saved later in life? Yeah. Several of us in here got saved in later in life as well. And I remember when I got saved as a, as a, as a, as a 21-year-old young man. And I remember looking at some examples of people. That had been saved a long time, and thinking to myself, "I'll never be there. I'll never be able to know enough about the Bible. I'll never be as spiritual as fill in a blank." And and I, and, I, and I had this had this idea when I was first saved that you know if I if I when I get saved and if I just uh, you know just go to bed at night and have the Bible on my head, maybe it'll all sink in and, and I magically, magically I'll be spiritual tomorrow. If I make one or two decisions that are good, if I win one or two battles, you see, just because you win a battle, doesn't mean you're going to win the next one. It's not automatic. Now don't want to misunderstand me, we win the war, read the back of the book. We are on the winning side. We are more than conquerors through Him that loves us. I I understand that concept. But along the way, there are battles. Man, sometimes those battles are hard. And when you win a victory, can I tell you something about winning a victory? It's when you're the most vulnerable after you've won a victory. Boy, when, when I first got saved, I'm telling you, I was ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. I mean, I was excited about serving the Lord. I was excited about being saved. I was excited about... I mean, I could conquer anything spiritually. And that first, right across the top of the head, I thought to myself, Whoa, this is a little harder than I thought it was. This is a little bit more difficult than I thought it was. It's not easy to be holy. It's not easy to make the right decisions. And you know why that is? Let me tell you why that is. We know, understand because of sin. But let me tell you what our flesh is. Our flesh is inclined towards sin. It wants to lust. It wants to covet. It, wa- it, it wants to be jealous. It wants to, it, it, it wants to sin. That's what your flesh wants to do. If you see a person that's walking around who thinks that they are just the, the cat's meow and they are spiritually perfect and they are spi- let me tell you something there's something wrong in their life. Something's wrong. Because I tell you, it's a struggle. Now, I'm not saying you can't be spiritual, and I'm not saying you can't be holy, because God expects that out of us. But let me tell you something, it's a battle. And the more you want to be holy, and the more you want to serve the Lord, the more the attacks will come in your life. It's a struggle. It's just a, this has nothing to do with the sermon. It's just, this is your fault, Mother Randy. Um, but it's a struggle that we face, you know, in our lives to, to do right. God, listen... I I know this for a fact. I'm not just convinced of it. I know it as a fact. God wants you to do right. He wants you to live right. He wants you to talk right. He wants you to walk right. He wants us to be holy. Be holy, for I am holy. Be perfect, for I am perfect, God said. God didn't say, be ye holy, because Peter is holy. Wouldn't that be easier? Wouldn't it? Why? Because Peter denied the Lord. I'm good. I haven't denied the Lord. You know, Peter put his foot in his mouth. We can compare ourselves to ourselves. We can always do better. We always can feel better, I mean. But when we compare ourselves to God, we can always do better. We can always be better. Why? Because God is perfect. Because God is the epitome of holiness. And so when we compare ourselves to God, guess what? We fall short. We miss the mark. When we compare ourselves to God, we can look in the mirror and say, you know what, I need to be better. I need to do better. And it's that constant struggle to, to do what's right to, in our lives that makes up godly people. Listen, I, I want you to understand, just like the rest of us, we all struggle. We all struggle together. But let me tell you something. Just because it's hard doesn't make it an excuse to not serve the Lord. Just because it's hard doesn't make it an excuse to to not walk right and talk right and be right in your everyday life. And so, what do we need to do? We need to work. Let me tell you how long we need to work. We need to work till Jesus comes. That's how long we need to work. We just need to keep on keeping on for the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, Matthew chapter number nine. Matthew chapter number 9. We've been talking about um, uh, the the fact that uh, having this vision that Jesus had, and if we're going to have the vision of Jesus, then we need to see what Jesus saw. Uh, This morning, I want to touch on the second thing. Look down with me in verse number 36. uh, Chapter number 9, book of Matthew, verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. And we're scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto the disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So if we're going to have the vision of Jesus, then we need to see what Jesus saw. Jesus saw the problem. The problem is sin. and Jesus saw the people. He saw the people, and he was moved with compassion. He saw the plan. It was a personal plan, a praying plan, a powerful plan. And so we saw, we need to see what Jesus saw. Open up thou mine eyes, that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law, the psalmist said. And so we need to see what Jesus saw. But number two, I want to talk about t- uh, this morning and then again tonight. Uh, not only do we need to see what Jesus saw, but then number two, we need to do... What Jesus says, you doesn't that sound so elementary? Doesn't that sound like kindergarten? I mean, so so you need to do what Jesus says, and we think to ourselves, duh. But here's the question: If it's so duh, then why aren't we doing it? If it's so simple, if it's such such bottom-shelf Christianity, then why aren't Christians doing what Jesus said to do? I mean, you look in the Word of God, and just the commandments that God, that Jesus says for us to do, I mean, we are falling way short. Way short. Of who we should be and what we should be doing. And you know, we're always talking about God's will. What is God's will for my life? Don't you want to know what God's will for your life is? I do. I do. I want to know what God's will for my life is. Now, there are things that are specific to me when it comes to God's will that may not be to you. For instance, I have no doubt, and it was back in college that I figured this out, that God had called me to preach the gospel and that God wanted me to pastor a church. Now, God may not have called you to pastor a church, if you are a woman, he has definitely not called you to pastor a church. Okay, And so we know that clearly from the Word of God. So specific to me, God has called me to pastor. Okay, So maybe specific to you, God has called you to be a school teacher. God has called you to be a specific, right? Well, then there are some things that are general. God has called us to be kind. God has called us to be loving. God has called us to guard our mouth. God has called us to forgive. God has, you know, Jesus Christ has called us to do these things and they are for everybody, not just for leadership or just for deacons or just for whatever. God has called all of us to do that. God has called all of us to be that. If God has called me to be kind, he's called you to be kind. If God has called me to guard my words, he's called you to guard your words. And so, here's the the thing. If it's so elementary and and God says in his word that, that we need to do what he says, then why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we being? Because it really goes back to what we were just talking about. It's a struggle, isn't it? It's a struggle. Sometimes, I won't ask you to raise your hand because I don't want you to lie in church. But sometimes you don't want to forgive somebody. I mean, they have made you bad. They have upset you. And you might have even said out loud or thought in your brain, they don't deserve my forgiveness. Oh, I've never thought that, thought preacher. Okay, well, we need to have a conversation later so we, can, we can really, I can find out your secret. Because let me tell you something. Sometimes people hurt people. And sometimes they're ugly to people, and sometimes they, they do things to other people, and man, that just, that just sits with you wrong. You know, we have this idea that anybody can be saved. Do you believe that? Amen. I, I hope you believe that. I mean, the Bible says that, that, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and so anybody can be saved. But man, you want to get into somebody's craw. Let me tell you something. You want to get you want to get to somebody real bad? Tell them that Hitler could have been saved. Are you out of your mind, preacher? Do you know what he did? Do you know the millions that he slaughtered? Do you know do you know do, why? Because we have in our mind that Hitler didn't deserve to be saved. He didn't deserve to be he didn't deserve to be forgiven. Hey, and there's there's names, there's lists that we can make of people, and sometimes sometimes somebody that hurt us kind of slips in that list of people that we don't want to forgive. It's a struggle, isn't it? We know it's right to forgive. We know it's commanded to forgive. But man, we struggle with the fact that we're supposed to forgive that person. Let me give you another one. You know, God calls us all to love one another. Do you realize that? That God has called us to love one another. Not not with my love, but with God's love. As I have loved you, you're to love one another. How are all men going to know that you're my disciples? By our love one towards another. Can I tell you there are some people, and I'm telling you right now, I can name their names. Right now. I can name their names. They are so easy to love. I mean they're just lovable people. And then there are others that are not so much. Oh, I can't believe you think that, preacher. Oh, don't, listen to me. I don't need to read your mind. Cuz I know how I know how I know how the mind works. There are people maybe at your work, there are people maybe that are in your family, there are people, can I tell you? There are people that that are, that are, and we're recording this, but there are people in my family that I avoid. Because I tell you, they, they aggravate me. And sometimes, and I'm not saying I don't love them, I'm just saying, sometimes I think of myself, good night, grow brain. You ever want to say that to somebody? Some of y'all probably have said that to other people. I'm just telling you, sometimes it's hard to love other people. But just because something's hard doesn't make it an excuse not to do it. And so we need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to um, doing the things that God tells us to do. Look over with me in the book of Mark. Uh, the book of Mark. And verse six or chapter 16. We need to do what Jesus says. What does Jesus say to do? Jesus says to preach. Do you hear me? Jesus said to preach. We need to get the Word of God out to other people. We need to let the world know. We need to let the church know what God's Word has to say. Not what our opinion of God's Word is, but what God's Word has to say. So often what uh, uh, teachers and preachers and others are doing is getting up and giving their own version of the Word of God. Let me tell you what my Bible says. I listen and I hear people talking about the Bible and I think to myself, Why in the world would you open your mouth if you have no idea what you're talking about? If you come to me and want to know something about calculus, I'm going to refer you to somebody else. I barely know how to spell the word calculus, let alone what it's all about. If you're going to come to me about the mechanics of a vehicle, I'm going to refer you to somebody else. I'm not going to... I'm not going to fill your ear with things uh, about how things work or don't work or when I don't have a clue what they are. I've had people ask me questions that I didn't know the answer to. Let me tell you something. I've learned as I've gotten older, I've learned this phrase, I don't know. And there's a, there's a pride factor in our lives that, that, that enters our lives that, that hinders us from using those words. I don't know. And I sit down and, and we're, if we're out or, or, or often, I'm often listening to other people because other people are so loud. I don't know if they're deaf and, and they can't hear if they just like to hear themselves talk. But they're so loud so you can hear their conversations and, and, and I, I can tune them out unless they're talking about the Bible. When they're talking about the Bible, I want, to, I want to know if what they're saying is so. And can I tell you, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm telling you right now it's high of people that have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. None. And here's the scary part. The person that they're telling has less of a clue than they do. And I'm thinking to myself, I, this is often, I've, I've often wanted to do this, get up a, Go over to the table and pull up a chair. Say, I heard you're talking about the Bible. And let me tell you something. What he's telling you is not right. And here's why it's not right. Not not because I don't think it's right, but because of what the Bible says. This is what we go to for our faith and practice as Rinkin Baptist Temple and as Christians. We need, to, we need to have a reference to say that what I'm telling you is so. What is that reference? That reference is God. That reference has always been God. That reference has always been His Word. And so we need to get back to preaching the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he saith unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Look down at verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Jesus said, why did they go? Why did they go and preach? Because Jesus told them to go and preach. And we need to be conducting ourselves in such a way that honors our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What's the best way to do that? Do what Jesus said to do. Jesus says, preach, preach. Jesus says, pray, pray. Jesus says, go, go. You know, we see it throughout the Word of God. We see examples after examples after examples of of people that God says, go, and they went. Why? Because God told them to go. You remember Philip? Philip's preaching and revival's going on, and People are being saved and lives are being changed and all sorts of things are, are happening. And boy, the, I mean, you're talking about excited? There's no doubt he's excited. And, and then he tells him, listen, I need you to go to a desert place. I, I need you to leave where you are, where everything is happening, where everything, everything that I want to happen is happening. I need you to leave that place to, to go to one person. And the Bible says that Philip... Got up with haste. I mean, he got up and went, and he went quickly. Why? Because for Philip, it was a no-brainer. God said, do it. Philip did it. And God, listen to me. Church, if God says, do it, it should be simple for us. We should just do it. Do you know, Doug, you know God tells us to go to church. He tells us not to forsake their assembling ourselves together. Hebrews 10. He says to go to church. He said to be in church. Now, listen to me. Does that sound simple to you? Sounds simple to me. Get up, go to church. And we say, okay, preacher, well, duh, we're supposed to do what Jesus said to do. You know how many people sit out of church? I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about people that call themselves Christians. I'm not talking about people that can't get out. I'm not talking about unusual circumstances. I'm talking about every single Sunday people decide, they choose not to go to church. When God tells us to do it. Do you know, we're going to talk about it tonight, do you know that God tells us over and over again that that God's people ought to pray? Duh, preacher. Do an honest evaluation of yourself. You don't have to share this with anybody. Just do an honest evaluation of yourself. How much time do you spend in prayer? A week. I mean, really, what, what part of the command do we have a hard time with? God said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Then we need to be busy preaching God's word. You see, we have this idea. We have this idea that preaching is for preachers, right? I mean, preaching, preachers, same, from the same word, preach. But let me tell you what preaching is. Preaching is speaking. So we should be preaching from the pulpit, yes. Should we be preaching God's word from the pulpit? Absolutely. But let me tell you something. When we go through those doors... And we go out into the community, we go into our homes, and we go into our workplace, and we go into the, the marketplace, and we go all the places that we go. We ought to be preaching the Word. And the one preacher said, use words when necessary. Our life should be evident that we are Christians. People should look at you and say, hey, there's something different about him. There's something different about her. God has called us to go out, not to be ashamed of His Word, but to go out and preach His Word. We need to preach His Word and be courageous. Don't be afraid. be afraid to speak God's Word. It doesn't, I, don't, I don't care if you're in school. I don't care if you're in, in, in a restaurant or if you're out in, the, in public. Don't be afraid to speak the truth. God's word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth, John 17, 17. Thy word is truth. So if God's word is truth, and we shouldn't be ashamed of it, the Bible says in the book of Romans, then we should openly speak God's word. Every once in a while, it's very, very rare anymore to see it, but every once in a while, you'll see a street preacher. You seen them? You know what they think? You know what they think of street preachers? Let me tell you what the world thinks of street preachers. Watch a movie. Watch. 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 Any movie that's a uh, that's that's uh, that end times has something to do with it, and they always show a quacky preacher with a sign screaming, "The end is here! The end is here!" That's what they think of them. They think of these preachers as as, as crazy people. Because how could you be possibly sane and go in public and preach the word of God? And that the Bible says that we ought to go out and share the gospel with every creature. Everywhere we go. Everybody we speak to. We ought to be sharing God and His Word. I've used him as an illustration before, uh, but uh, I, I, I absolutely love Brother Hoke. Brother Hoke Smith, I'm going to tell you something. You weren't around Hoke Smith five minutes before he was giving you the gospel. He didn't care if you've been in church 50 years. didn't matter to him. Praise the Lord, he'd say all the time. Praise the Lord. And man, he'd give the gospel to, you know, all he ever wanted to talk about was Jesus. Oh, what a terrible person. All he wants to talk about is Jesus? Let me tell you about it. You know, everybody has a subject. Did you know that? Everybody has a subject that they get excited talking about, even non-talkers. You talk about something, and when I first came to this church, I remember meeting Bernard and thinking to myself, "That's the quietest guy that I've ever met, Brother Tim." I'm telling you, the quietest guy I've ever met, Bernard John, the quietest guy I've ever met in my life. And then I, I hit on a subject, and he's been talking ever since. And every time I see him, we talk 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 talk. You know why? Because we all have a subject. For some of us, it's books you want you want to talk about bibles man i'll tell you all about premium bibles and edge lining and and calf skin and goat skin and i, I, I mean we'll talk about the art gilding and and the hubs on the spine and the in the sewn binding I, man i talked to you for hours about the bible Love it it's one of my subjects i love it some of y'all like to talk about politics Stay and talk about politics. Some of y'all love to talk about politics. It's your subject. Bring it up, and they'll never shut up. Some of y'all like to talk about football and sports. Bring up a team. There's always, it's funny because we have different teams in this church, and uh, you'd think we'd all be Georgia, but that's just not the case. We got South Carolina, we got Tennessee, we got Alabama, we got Florida. We got all sorts of different teams. So it's always it's on during college, college 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 game game day, and somebody's playing somebody else. And man, back and forth, back and forth, you like because it's their subject. We all have a subject we like to talk about, and and the and the and the quietest person will always talk about their subject. Can I tell you, for the Christian, we can have other subjects, but Jesus ought to be a subject that we're ready and that we're willing to talk about, that we're excited to talk about, that we're courageous to talk about. And I'm going to, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach Jesus. I'm going to talk about Jesus every chance I get. Well, people might not like it. Well, I, that doesn't matter. God has called us to do it. We need to go out and do it. We need to do it courageously. Matthew chapter 10, verses 21 through 28. Uh, we need to preach uh, courageous. Number two, we need to preach consistent. We need to preach consistent. We need to be the same across the board. 2 Timothy 4, and verse 2. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. God says we need to be ready at all times to give the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be consistent. Don't be wishy-washy. Ever heard that terminology, wishy-washy? Don't be be wishy-washy. Where where God is firm, be firm. You know, there are people out there that, that do not believe in salvation by grace through faith. Matter of fact, there's a lot of people that don't believe that. But when you run into one of those people, don't be wishy-washy about what you believe. Why? Because salvation is true, is by grace through faith, period. Plus nothing minus nothing. The Bible's clear on that. Know that the Bible's clear on it and stand there. You know, often we become you ever seen a you ever seen a grandfather clock? Inside that grandfather clock, there's always that 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 pendulum that goes back and forth. You're too many Christians. Back and forth. You get me and, listen, get me and Forrest together, and you feel like you're on a roller coaster. Because neither one of us can stand still. Matter of fact, I, I'll watch and I'll, I'll, I'll look over there or he'll look at me, and we're standing and we're swaying back into to, you and you're going, oh, could you please stop that? You're making me sick. Moving moving a leg, moving an arm, moving, moving, moving. I, you see, I'm all over the place when I'm, when I'm preaching. I move, I, I move, 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 move. Let me tell you something. When it comes to some things, you can move. When you're studying some things, sometimes you change your mind on things. There are things that you can change your mind on. There are things you should not change your mind on. When it comes to the doctrine of the Word of God, we are firm. This is what God's Word says, and it's final. Because understand something, God's Word's not up for vote. God's Word is final. And if God's Word is final, then stand there. Stand courageous and stand consistent. Be consistent about what you believe and why you believe it. Don't be wishy-washy. God Handle God's Word properly. Let me tell you something. We need to handle God's Word carefully. We need to be careful with God's Word. We need to handle God's Word confidently. It's God's Word. Well, they're going to they're gonna hate me. Well, then they're going to hate you. They're going to persecute you. Then they're going to persecute you. None of it changes God's Word. We're just the messengers. It's God's word that they hate. It's God's word that they're persecuting. I mean, we're just we're just the ones that God's using. Be confident when it comes to the word of God. I've told you this before. My stepmom, she's a very smart lady. A very 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 smart lady. And she's the she's the kind of Lady that sits down um, on the couch as dad is watching Jeopardy! and she's doing a crossword puzzle and answering the Jeopardy! questions at the same time. Aggravatingly smart. You met them people? They're just aggravatingly smart. And, and Linda's like that. And she, uh, she's very confident about what she knows. And I remember one time, I've told you this a long time ago, but I remember one time we were sitting in there and we were watching Jeopardy and they were given the question and, uh, and, and she came come up with an answer and the guy came up with a different answer. And he was right. Yeah, I mean, we had a party. Me and my dad got up. We were dancing a jig. I mean, we were just, she was wrong. I would never experienced her being wrong before. And she's sitting there doing her crossword puzzle, and she said, yeah, they're wrong. I said, man, that's some arrogance. They went to commercial. They came back. They took the points away from the dude because he was wrong. Guess what the right answer was? So she, did, she didn't say nothing. She just looked up over her paper and said, huh, and put her paper back up. I think we turned turned Jeopardy off or something. I don't remember. Me and Dad went somewhere else. And confidence. Do you know we should have that kind of confidence about the Word of God? Yeah. This is what God's Word says. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. We don't have to get our feelings hurt. We don't. We don't have to. We don't have to be afraid. We can stand confidently because we're not standing on our word. We're standing on God's word. And God's word never fails. God's word's never wrong because God's never wrong. So we can stand and we can stand or uh, 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 handle God's word confidently. And then we need to handle God's word competently. You know, we need to hide God's word in our heart. We need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. We need to be competent when it comes to God's word. If you don't know the answer, don't give it. Don't make it up. Don't 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 give somebody. Do you know how many people are floating around in this world today with false hope? Do you know how many people in this world today are, 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 are soaring around with this idea that what what they've been told is right? It's amazing to me. I think that we think when it comes to atheists and agnostics, people that say that there is no God, and we don't want to debate them because we're afraid that they're really, really smart, and they don't... Let me tell you something. They have nothing to stand on. They have no foundation. They are the foundation. And we know that we're flawed. Listen, when we go into a conversation with somebody, and I'm not talking about an argument, but I'm talking about a conversation when it comes to the Word of God. We have the foundation because God's Word is the foundation. Jesus Christ is the foundation and the chief cornerstone, and so we are going in with a with the edge, so we can go in confidently and we can go in confidently, we can go in courageously and we can preach the word because god 's word is always true, will always be true, and it 's already settled in heaven. What a blessing it is. Let me tell you, there are people out there. Do you know how many people are out there that need the gospel? Yeah, preacher, I mean, there are villages in Africa, and there are villages... Of, no, 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 I'm talking about, I'm talking about the village of Rinkin. I'm talking about our county in Effingham. I'm talking about our state in Georgia. There are plenty of people right on your block that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. How are they going to hear without a preacher? How are they going to hear unless somebody goes... How did you hear? Aren't you glad that somebody loved you enough to share the gospel with you? Aren't you glad for some preacher or some Sunday school teacher or some mom and dad or some neighbor or some friend that shared the gospel with you so that you could be saved? I tell you, we need to take that same gospel. It's not changed. And we need to share it with the world. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you're watching by live stream this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Can I tell you this morning that God loves you? And He loves you supremely. He loves you sacrificially. He went to the cross and shed His blood so that you could have remission of sins. He was buried, but praise God... The third day He rose again. The Bible says He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and me. And the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you called upon His name? The Bible says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Have you believed on His name for the forgiveness of your sins? If not, why not? Doing what Jesus says starts there, doesn't it? Starts having a relationship with Him. Starts by being born again John said in John chapter 3 that ye must be born again maybe you're saved you know Christ is your Savior what are you doing with your knowledge because God's given you knowledge from his word he's given you wisdom from his word And if he hasn't given you any wisdom it's because you haven't asked because if any man ask, uh, if any man lack wisdom let him ask of God James says God wants to give us the wisdom that we need to be ready to give an answer, to give a defense for the hope that lies within us. Be courageous, be consistent, be confident with what God has blessed us with. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments.